It's tricky because these situations uh, call for a amazing coordination amongst the people, the representatives, the the bureaucrats, the public health officials, and and we just have. So, I mean, this is revealing so many dysfunctions uh, that that you can't just chalk it up to um, you know our culture based on like America freedom, which is. Because let me say, I'm Greek, right? And I have family members in Greece, and Greece has done a phenomenal job because essentially they immediately shut down all businesses except for pharmacies and grocery stores. They said that no one can go out unless you have a dog. You can walk your dog, right? And and the thing is, like, Greeks are known for flag- flagrantly, like, disobeying the law. Like, I remember <laughs> gro- 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 growing up, one of my, like, favorite memories is this tiny little one-way street where somebody parked the car in the one-way street and abandoned it facing the wrong way going down the one-way street <laughs> and this was like this is this is like a city in athens right with millions and millions of people robust city where like everywhere they have to put these little like cement things on the sidewalk so you don't park on the sidewalk to prevent you from like literally greeks will do anything well there was a, a surgeon outside of a uh surgery room once smoking in front of a no smoking sign in the hospital <laughs> anyway the point is greeks greeks definitely have this kind of um i would never call them libertarians right but this this like i'm gonna do what i want to do all right whether you like it or not kind of mentality and yet they all like if you looked at the the kind of drone videos over athens to this day and going back empty all the streets are totally empty not a car not a person and it's not because they respect the law so i don't know if it's because they understand the severity their neighbor italy was going through a tremendous amount of suffering i don't know if it's the cohesiveness of, of the kind of culture where, where you um you know you listen to what your family does and you, and you cohere but they locked it down as it were right and and did severe restrictions immediately and that had a huge effect now you know we don't have a lot of those factors culturally, but um, if you don't do that, like you said, David, we we don't we need to do a lot more testing. We don't have the 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 tracing, right? We're not we're not doing that. We don't have the protective gear for the essential workers, for the you know people in the hospital. It's just like so many different places that we're failing, and all that we seem to be seeing over and over again is just this like let's make sure the economy doesn't suffer as much as it's going to, right? Like. It's the it's the most dystopian thing I can imagine. I, I I think those are really good points. That's really interesting about Greece. And I I'd say one thing, and I don't know what whether or not this is true of Greece. Maybe it is. Is that we in America have lost complete faith in our governmental institutions and really most of our institutions, to be honest. Um, and I think that's playing a big role here. If, if you don't have a belief that government is, you know, interested in your best interest, then why would you listen to them when they say, don't leave your house and all of these yeah. things that you're we're doing to destroy uh, the economy uh, uh, in, in, in myriad ways? I, I think right. that's I think right. that's a big part of it. Um I did notice the call for like Matthew McConaughey and, and football coaches to go out there and talk because people don't listen to political leaders. So they need the, the actual people that are famous on Instagram or whatever, you know, need to lead the it's way. No, there's the no way. question. We wouldn't have locked down at all if the center on the Utah Jazz didn't contract COVID-19 and shut down the NBA season, which happened right. the sec- right. the same day as Tom Hanks 
getting the disease. That was the only time that we got serious about this. And that was probably 50 to 100,000 cases in realistically, because, you know, one thing about this is the numbers are like feeling a piece of the elephant. We, we have no idea how many people actually have contracted this disease. We have no idea how many people have died from this disease. The right. excess mortality right. rates that we've seen out there are far beyond what the official death counts are. Uh, obviously, if you don't have enough testing, you don't know how many cases there are out there. We are flying completely blind. And uh, to, to, to shut it down in, this, in that environment uh, and, and to say, all right, well, we did our best. Now it's time to reopen the country because, you know, everybody needs to go to Applebee's. But David, at least, at least we have the most talented, principled leaders in D.C. that anyone could hope for. Well, we do have Jared and, uh, you know, we have the guy who wrote Dow 36,000 apparently doing the, uh, the modeling now. Uh, 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 Kevin Hassett, who's this terrible economist who's been wrong about everything, who is apparently doing the modeling that the government is relying on when it suggests that we won't have any cases by May 15th or something like that. Uh, it, it's, it's, abs it's nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> clown car really doesn't begin to, to describe it. Um, I wanted to return though to uh, the the meatpacking question. Um, you have a uh, the prospect has a, a great piece by Ron Knox. I'm not sure who that is, but uh, it's about the the outbreaks there and about the market concentration of you know the the meat supply chain um, and how that's increased the the vulnerability to uh, the outbreaks, but also you know. Um, has a lot of other negative effects. So could you could you run through that one for us? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this this was so important. Ron Knox uh, works at the Institute for Local Self Reliance, which is uh, a, a really great anti monopoly group uh, that has been around uh, for for I believe thirty forty years. Um, and the the I've been looking at agricultural consolidation for a number of years now, um, and it's it's brought to a head in this crisis, just like many other supply chains, right? I mean, the fact that we couldn't get masks, the fact that we couldn't get, you know, personal protective equipment and, you know, random things like the swabs that are used in testing uh, all goes back to these very concentrated supply chains. Half of the swabs, for example, are made in Northern Italy. And so when, when Northern Italy uh, had its crisis, uh, we couldn't get the swabs. Um, same thing with masks, which are mainly, uh, you know, come out of China. Uh, and other PPEs as well. Um, with agriculture, uh, it's the same kind of thing, only you're talking about the processing plants. Something like 50 beef plants in the United States produce uh, and process 98% of the beef that we see. Um, this is because the processing companies are, are usually oligopolies. There are three major beef, uh, or four major beef companies, there are three or four major pork companies. There are three or four major chicken companies. And uh, the packers uh, sort of sit in the middle and they get the best of both worlds. They squeeze the producers, the farmers and ranchers, on the prices. And then they sell upstream to the, the retail and wholesale outlets at top dollar. So, so the money is all flowing into the packers while both other sides of the chain get screwed. 
And uh, a lot of that is because of this bottleneck here with the processing plants. So if you're a rancher, you you pretty much don't have anywhere to go. I was talking to J.D. Shulton, who's a congressional candidate in Iowa. He, he told me that there used to be one processing plant in every county in Iowa. And now there are like three in the whole district. And so if you're a rancher, you used to have a choice. If, if you know, you weren't getting a good price on the processing from your local plant, you could go to the one in the next county over uh, and you could try to get a better price. If there are only three, uh, you, you don't have many options. The, the next one might be, you know, hundreds of miles away. And so that is the way in which this consolidation of the supply chain has uh, 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 occurred. And, and that's the reason why it occurred, because it's big profits for the packers. Now, you come to the crisis where these meatpacking plants are vectors for the spread of COVID-19, and you start shutting them down one by one, and pretty soon, by the time you have 10 of these things shut down, you're talking about a quarter of the meat supply. And so that is uh, something that's liable to create shortages. There's also the situation where uh, restaurants really aren't needing as much meat right now, and you have a commercial supply chain and a consumer supply chain. And uh, because of this consolidation, it's very hard to move between one and the other. Uh, they really are on separate tracks, and uh, it, it's just difficult to, to, to move in that direction. Now, there are a few, uh, I know around me, there are a few uh, uh, restaurants that are sort of selling groceries uh, in an attempt to square that circle. Uh, but that's, you know, that, that's not done at scale. And so you're seeing this incredible dichotomy, uh, not necessarily in meat, but in many other markets, uh, and in meat too, uh, where... Uh, you have this tremendous need for food. People lined up for miles uh, in food, uh, you know, seeking uh, 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 nutrition in food banks and things like that. While at the same time, farmers are destroying crops in the field, uh, flushing out milk, and uh, because they have nowhere to store these pigs and 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 and, and cattle, uh, because the processing plants are shut down, they're euthanizing. Uh, animals at alarmingly large rates uh, because they don't want to pay to keep them around, uh, keep them fed and whatnot. So uh, it is a, a serious problem that reveals the need for more local and regional agricultural supply chains that are more flexible, that uh, aren't uh, susceptible to this, uh, the, the, the effects of consolidation. Almost it's a hidden risk to the system. Uh, it's a risk that isn't thought about when you think, oh, well, look at all these efficiencies that will come up. If we only have one meatpacking plant uh, and we'll be able to, to get everybody in and out and, and we'll, we'll, we'll have these logistics set up all around the country and this will be great. But what happens when there's a sickness break <laughs> outbreak at, at one of those plants? Uh, this is the hidden risk that we uh, ignored for so long. And, and hopefully this is a wake up call. That's the end of the preview, folks. If you want to hear the whole episode, you can go to patreon.com slash left anchor. Thanks for listening.